The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Many years ago, we spent Christmas Eve at Little St. Mary's Church in Cambridge, England. As we arrived, they gave us candles, but with very strict prohibitions. Please, they said, light them only for a moment and hold them absolutely straight up and down. Do not touch your candle to the person in front of you, and please do not set the building on fire. After all, Little St. Mary's is more than 600 years old, and with just a spark, the entire place would go up in smoke. But despite all the dangers, we all had candles, just as we will tonight, because everything and everyone is more beautiful by candlelight. 
Candlelight is soft and embracing. It is warm and revealing. But more, in that light lies the reason for the incarnation, the primary teaching of the church, which is celebrated here at St. John tonight. It is a simple story, really. God lost you in the darkness, and he wants you back. God loves you as you are, and he yearns to make your wrongs right. God is here, and he wants to pull you close and keep you near. At first, it might seem like a very bright light would make more sense. Light is still the best disinfectant, and our damage does run deep. It is easy to see that our world knows little of good news or great joy, and even less of goodwill and peace. But you also heard what just a hint of divine light did to the shepherds. When the sky exploded with angels wrapped in heavenly glory, they were sore afraid. There were some good reasons for those shepherds to be afraid. The idea of seeing God suddenly and standing in a very bright light is not necessarily comfortable or appealing. And the shepherds weren't favorites around Jerusalem. Religious folk considered the shepherds hopelessly unclean, so they were at the bottom of Israel's social scale. But once those shepherds got over the shock of being loved by God, they were quite taken by the promise that their Savior had been born in a very familiar place in a poor working-class house, and that he would be found lying in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth, wrapped in swaddling clothes, because wrapping babies in strips of cloth was how poor folks, like shepherds, cared for their newborns. So God had come to find them right where they lived, and the shepherds were moved to adoration by the hospitality of that very ordinary home where Jesus was born. A home that welcomed them in from the darkness. A home where everybody was in and nobody was out. A home where outcasts were honored guests. So they left praising God with relief that Jesus had come not only for the rich and the wise, but also for the hopeless and the disenfranchised, for sinners just like us. Perhaps the happiest thing in this story this evening is that our Lord did it all without making Christmas a compromise. In heaven, 
where the angels live before the face of God. The peace is never disrupted, and the will is always good. That's because in the nearer presence of God, only holiness can survive. So the angels and the archangels and all the company of heaven, your blessed dead and mine, enjoy our Lord's divine light as a warm embrace. But here on earth, where things are so horribly broken, that divine light can be frightening because it exposes us to holy scrutiny. Suddenly we feel all the things that the shepherds felt. We realize that we are not as strong as we once thought. More we realize that we did not make ourselves and so we do not belong to ourselves. Instead we come to understand that life is a gift from someone else and that someday we must give an answer for how we've used that gift, how we have lived our lives, but do know that our sins mean we cannot demand a place before God's faith based on our own good. Our only hope is candlelight. Our only hope is this Christmas baby, this Jesus who by nature radiates the intense glory of God, but who comes to us tonight softly and warmly by wrapping that divine light in the flesh and blood of a child. Becoming one of us tonight is God's sign that he does not come to destroy us, but to find us and forgive us and embrace us and save us. So Jesus grew up and made his way through this life absorbing evil. Everywhere he went, he lightened the darkness. He always had a good word for the weak and the sick and the poor. And tonight, when he touches us on the ear or on the mouth, with his words or his sacraments, he takes away the very things that would do us in on the last day. He takes away our sins, and now the only way that our sins can hurt us is if we take them back. Eventually, Jesus carried all our sins all the way to his cross. And together he died with them there, poor and defenseless, forsaken and outcast, and hopeless. And then on Easter, in the most marvelous act of divine hospitality, his heavenly Father welcomed his only begotten son back from the death. The father resurrected his son for a job well done and a life well lived, a holy life of perfect obedience 
and flawless love, and made him the most honored guest in heaven, an eternal beacon of good news and great joy and goodwill, and peace on earth right now for all of you. So tonight when you light your candles, light them only for a moment, and do hold them absolutely straight up and down. Do not touch your candle to the person in front of you, and please do not set the building on fire. But do notice that you all look better in candlelight, especially in the soft light of this baby in the manger, a savior in flesh and blood who has found you now and has forgiven you everything bathing you in his joyous light of glory, a holiness that will bless you with peace and goodwill all the way home. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.